Hello, future TJ, Sarah, and Jonathan. We are the Herb Gang, and this is Herb Garden Watering Can, where we watch some films to further ourselves along to get ready to make Herb Garden the miniseries. Yeah. Okay. We are three artists, I guess is probably you claim that for yourself for us collectively. I <laughs> I'm a photographer and actor who is currently an undergrad. Would you like to introduce that yourself? That was so you know, official. Summarize? I don't need anyone knowing my resume. Um <laughs> I'm Jonathan right. and I'm drinking a cherry coke. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I wish I was drinking a cherry coke, and I guess I am an actress in a political satirist. Yes. Okay. Well, that's us. Um, Aside from those things, we are also working on a mini series, which is called Herb Garden, which is why we are here. Whether or not, (laughs) I guess we would know this in in us listening to this in the future, and if you found this, (laughs) presumably you also know this. Herb Garden is a slice of life adult coming of age story um, about three characters named Russ, Tia, and Petal, who are, um, if you can imagine the air quotes, loosely based around the three of us. Um, they're also friends. We are finishing. Yes, they are friends. No, they're actually um, rivals. They hate each other deeply, and this story is about um, We're just a few of their, their major confrontations. No, yeah. <laughs> they are in fact friends and we're finishing up episode three which would be the end of the first season um hopefully within the next month because so doing this well frankly because. comparatively i suppose tj's uh film literacy <laughs> to put it bluntly um i don't know would you say illiterate is that a word that you would Blacking. use? <laughs> I'm rarely if you if you uh, consider yes, perhaps at like a first grade reading uh, level. Yes, casual, a yes, that's watcher. a good a good way I think to encompass that. I think TJ's um, <laughs> viewing habits have been casual, and uh, regardless of the the choices of films that you <laughs> make, you. <laughs> You don't view um, unconsciously, if that makes sense. I think we were just talking about that, how um, even though the the content which you took in perhaps was um, <laughs> pedestrian, um, <laughs> you did view it with a critical eye. So um, as Fresh. as Sarah and I... I don't want to say pride ourselves, but as between the three of us as the resident <laughs> um, viewers of of world cinema, <laughs> we've taken it upon ourselves to somewhat verse CJ and educate uh, and expand their view of uh, film and the cinematic medium. Um, it, it, we've had quite a few conversations just about the idea of whether or not it takes uh, having a, a vast 
historical knowledge of film to create something. And so whether or not that is the case, we, I don't think it's not beneficial. So that's kind of the, the, the why, mm-hmm. the why. Yeah, for sure. And I think we'll get a lot out of this as far as like viewing alone um, and what we can learn there because the way we're formatting it sort of relates to the learning process in general or like the idea of how do we feel about it? What are our initial reactions and what would we want to take and apply to the work that we'll be creating either directly and together with Herb Garden or just in the future, as well as what we did not like and what we really want to make sure we don't do. I think there's a lot to be learned from that if you're watching and actively thinking about that. And I'm glad because I (laughs) I definitely need to learn a lot. Uh, And then as far as um, what we're getting out of making this a podcast, it's more of a, a literal documentation or like the best sort of notes on the conversations that we'd already be having just anyway. So it's for us to refer to when we need inspiration or want to remember exactly what we took from a certain film. Um, and then I also wanted to make it a podcast because I think we're fun. I think we're very entertaining. And I feel like if I can get free, like creative adrenaline from having completed something when it's something I already would have done. Oh, please. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Um, I guess that brings us to the list itself. Uh, I have curated, for lack of a better word, (laughs) a selection of somewhat broad, um, kind of like a a beginner deep dive into uh, my criteria were essentially things that I felt were beneficial to how would I phrase this? Just having a broader, a broader understanding of film language. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about vocabulary or the idea of having like a film. Yes. We've had multiple conversations at this point about the way that um, we all kind of visualize or don't visualize and through this writing process and drafting process and uh planning out we've kind of all realized that we don't all see um that this sounds like it's going to be bad but it's not but just the way that we the way that we all think about things visually (laughs) i think comes out differently and so to come to a place where we all can be bringing the the breadth of our knowledge together in order to get the best possible um i don't know result i think yeah is what i was trying to do so things i've seen all of them sarah has seen a solid handful and then tj has not seen anything (laughs) yet (laughs) so um, (laughs) basically what I was doing while I was picking them was going through and trying to pull out things that I felt would be um, good examples of things that have been done on film that perhaps would broaden TJ's horizons on what can be done on film I guess um Yes, so it goes kind of 
kind of all across the board. It starts early 50s and goes up to literally this year. Um, there are more abstract art house kind of things. And then there's really, really mainstream, large things. Um, and I <laughs> gonna try to remain as unpretentious and uh, <laughs> film bro as possible. Okay, so there are unfortunately no Marvel films <laughs> there are some on, solid mainstream the, ones. on the list this time around. Sorry. What? Um, no, there are some no, very, no. very mainstream things <laughs> on here. There's Wes Anderson, there's David Lynch, mm. they're book literally smart. book smart. Yeah. True, true. Oh, yeah. It feels yeah, like talk. Like I Boogie really Nights is on here. Smart. It's, it's, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The audience will know. They know. Come on, um, guys. But it's Love a it's guys. a list of about fifty ish <laughs> films, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily going in any specific order. Just kind of picking and choosing as we go. That'll be cool. I'm excited. Um, as a person who has the most to experience, can't say. It's already been really interesting. I think that the the first four movies that we watched were informative in ways that I didn't expect, or like they all informed things in different ways. Like a really, it was a really big, I think genre wise, it did a lot as far as what we could have seen with the first four. Yeah. The the first one being Girl Asleep. Yes, which is one of my Mm -hmm. favorite movies. Um, Jonathan and I joked that I hadn't made TV watch it already. <laughs> I was I, really surprised I, that I you have literally it. Made, <laughs> I made every, pretty much every one of my it's life It's a central watch Sarah it. viewing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought that it was visually unlike anything <laughs> I'd ever seen before. I mean, which is not like, which is probably because I haven't seen a lot before. Um, oh god, that was so bad. I just wanted to talk about the stylistic choices, but that's not the way to say it. Or only further informs <laughs> the image of me that we have painted. We so just far, instantly which is learned false. that this is a very introductory like, um, assignment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Situation, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I think that a lot of the the choices were ones that I hadn't thought about making with Herb Garden specifically. Like I think in, in film in a larger sense, and I've never considered myself somebody who wanted to create film behind the scenes talent. Like, you know, a, a, a filmmaker. I never Yeah. <laughs> this was not exactly the way I expected to approach film. So thinking about things like framing and color and all of these little I hate to call them like hints or foreshadowing. There's a lot of stuff that Girl Asleep does, which is, I'm sure, very common, but something I haven't thought about in terms of production. Well, I think it, it regardless yet. of how common it is, I think it does it in its own way. And like I've made multiple comparisons to Wes Anderson, and um, mm-hmm. I guess that being the biggest one visually, but it's still, you can see the references, but it doesn't feel like it's directly copying that it's very much its own thing and i think because it exists in the sort of fantastical Mm. um middle ground that it exists in it gets away with so much 
I think something interesting mm-hmm. that we kind of talked about when after we watched uh, the, one of the other movies, The Royal Tenenbaums, is that how like Wes Anderson is, is very beautiful, but it's very stiff. Whereas I feel like Girl Asleep is very beautiful in like in the same kind of quirky, colorful way, but allows it to like like you're saying with the fantastical elements, like take up more space and is more mm-hmm. alive for me. No, I completely agree. You know, like mm-hmm. it um Yeah. It takes Wes Anderson and makes it like less of like your grandma's couch and makes it like young <laughs> and um I think it does such a great mm-hmm. job of like tackling big issues of like growing up as a young girl and making it just like adventurous and I think that really does justice to like the young girl's mm-hmm. plight um it makes me feel very special whenever I watched it mm. yeah I mean I forget which one of you said it first but there's something kind of like wax museum about Wes Anderson movies should we should or, we like, say museum uh, in general, where what we've watched we asleep. started with girl asleep we then watched the red balloon <laughs> The Royal Tenenbaums, followed mm-hmm. by Landline. Continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with The Royal Tenenbaums, it's like none of that is fan- fantastical in the way that Girl Asleep is, but it feels less real or grounded just because of um, the, I don't want to say the eccentricity of the characters, because I feel like characters can be eccentric mm-hmm. without being um non-real but there is definitely something about it whether stylistically or writing wise that makes it feel less true to an everyday experience in a way that girls no i think that just um, maintain some that that's just what needs to be said about it that it it's commendable that despite the fact that it literally like is not set in a full reality but still feels more real than the Wes Anderson movie, um, it, just there's something to be said about that. Um, I just, yeah, there is a stiffness where it it works because it's so specifically stylized the way that Wes Anderson does it, and it it, it feels almost useless to critique the sort of um, just that stiffness, I guess, because that's it's such a conscious and specific direct choice exactly where um like the i feel like in the royal tenenbaums more than any other wes anderson movie i've seen the the through line of like emotion pays off i guess more or is more convincing than the others and I don't know maybe it was because this is only the second time that I've seen it so maybe it was just having seen it again because I don't there's always been a difficult difficulty for me connecting to anything there beyond the sort of like visual satisfaction and the sort of the eccentricity yeah where it's like it's funny it's enjoyable and it's 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 like a feat in itself but it's not like oh like i these are people 
they're like just in, like <laughs> yeah. simply likable. <laughs> Whereas like the Royal Tenenbaums aren't very. I don't know which they. I mean, like I yeah. enjoy seeing their story, but it it's just they're not. Whereas like I every character, even like the older sister, who I feel like isn't really given as much screen time, and she's like for the most part like she was busy being bragging. in Heim. She really. She truly. She has <laughs> the long lost time sister. She has, um, she really like that moment at the end of the film where she comes in and she's like, "Remember what happened on my fifteenth birthday?" And things just changed. It, it, it really wish I made me had a sister in one mm-hmm. of our other films that we'll watch. Mustang also really made yeah. me wish I had sisters, but this one, this one really does it for me. I'm an only <laughs> child for context. <laughs> yes. Did landline make you wish you had a yes. sister? Also, yes. <laughs> um, Even more. Perhaps that was more of like the reality check of like, oh, you know, like sometimes you don't get a lot. Well, I think that was like the most obviously like the other two sisters. Don't really but they do. Either, but if we're switching to landline, they yes, do. Like they, they do. don't, but they do, and they're such a. I I like that that is on here with this group because it if it went from like Royal Tenenbaums to Landline with Girl Asleep in the Middle, it's like the level of stylization, either way you put it, like either <laughs> gets more extreme or less extreme, but there are so many, like with all three, there are all these family dynamics that are so interesting and done so well, regardless uh-huh. of the yeah. degree of stylization, which I'm so glad that these were like, bunched together in the way that they were that's it's just so good but landline (laughs) despite its lack of um sort of the visual extremities that come with the other two like it's much more like oh you're just watching a movie um but it's Mm -hmm. it's just so well written and the chemistry there is unbelievable and jenny slate (laughs) obviously can do no wrong but um it just it feels so unique and <laughs> nobody saw it. And it made me so sad. Obvious Child's so good, but this one is, was lost. <laughs> and yes, it makes me wish I had a sister oh. who we could go buy heroin with. Yeah. <laughs> I think that as a person, <laughs> I have five I sisters and I was question. in Mustang. I think that exploring film. <laughs> i think that family dynamics are definitely an interesting thing to explore um in visual media in general and i i like that family dynamics feel more applicable to like herb garden writing in general because i think that herb garden feels very real to us in terms of friendship dynamics because it essentially is our friendship dynamic but it's definitely very different than a lot of the dynamics I've seen portrayed as far as friendship goes in um, like the storytelling I've seen so far. And it makes me wonder why, I, I guess, like why that feels different or why it feels more what do you mean? to family dynamic. I don't have a good answer. I think it's in the way that like with these characters and the way that they feel like close and comfortable and interact, it's a lot more how you say it I feel like when I'm watching these movies and I'm seeing how these people like try to take care of each other I feel like I don't see that a lot of the time 
in um movies about friendship i don't know <laughs> that there was there yeah i guess for, so. like familial i think as we get further in i think that um mm-hmm. further on pretty much just throughout the years because i think that seems like a more common thing that is talked about and put on screen now sort of these like friendship dynamics as family dynamics mm-hmm. um and obviously oh. um mm-hmm. these are still like pretty recent all three of them but um with I guess like when we get to Mistress America and when we get to um, 20th century women and even ghost world, like it's these and tangerine even like there are so many things that are, are Uh these, there's quite a few I won't keep naming, but as I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, you will. It's another one of those instances. (laughs) I think of just you not having seen the things. I feel like there are things like tv wise that you've seen that probably do this and i think there are a lot of times that tv lends itself more to that because mm-hmm. of the, the like episodic nature of that mm-hmm. if that makes sense like not that it can't be done but i think it it lends itself to something like this where there are like it's so drawn out and you see the dynamic change whereas with a family it's easier to maybe capture that in a two-hour block mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what mm-hmm. that's probably and for me. What sticks out about the dynamic in, in Herb Garden is like the level of intimacy, and I think that's what Jonathan was getting at. With like over a TV show, like you can see a relationship build and like grow on certain things. Where it's mm-hmm. like if you see two hours in a movie of two friends, like there's a lot that like you have to kind of buy into or like assume that happened. And when it's like with the mm-hmm. family it's very easy to be like, oh, duh, yeah. like, cause I see how my family interacts. Um, like, that, the level of intimacy that can be, mm-hmm. uh, like, assumed by, or that the audience could buy into is a lot greater in a family dynamic than it, I think, does for, like, a friendship dynamic. And that points out, or like in general, thinking about TV versus film, especially in connection with what I've seen. Like, I've consumed a, a number of <laughs> not super selective films in general, but I've consumed a lot of like very like episodic television where it's like the same formula every single week. And I know that very well, and I'm generally entertained by it. But um, that does probably inform the way that I see storytelling, or at least like limits me at the current moment just because I'm so used to it. I mean there are, there are reasons um, formulas exist I'm not really and sure they, when I'm actually sticking to it. Work and I my life is sitcoms. <laughs> so it's like I think I think that's just the main <laughs> the main point of all of this being having a breadth of of references doesn't hurt. <laughs> mm. Right? I don't know. Just it's 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 an no, expansion. It it's a, a building on what you already know and making you think in ways you hadn't yeah. before. Yeah. And I like talking about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I could have just watched the red balloon and been like, nice. Apparently they hate the red that balloon, balloon and even like not thought the about most it. Incredible thing in the world. 
It just might be. <laughs> and it works on a level that you don't have to have thought into. It's like, oh, I could watch this balloon float around for half an hour and not a single thought goes through my mind. <laughs> and it was so good. And I'd watch it again <laughs> over and over. But then you could also be like, hmm. Oh. <laughs> And oh, in a less <laughs> yeah. academic sense, I suppose. And but like, they're clearly the letterbox the, review. Yeah, yeah. there's a possibility to view in a more it just something more critical, sense. critical where you like are consciously viewing, and you are an active member participant rather than just a average. Uh, casual watcher which is okay too that's the gag I don't know it's to to think that a literal 30 minute thing of just a balloon floating around and you're watching it and you're thrilled by it is really spectacular I think that's really crazy this little boy in the <laughs> most adorable gray sweatsuit and shoes and haircut. And he just tells his balloon <laughs> to stop following him or to start following him. It's, it's magical. If that. A sentence. A sentence or ten minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But, it, but it, it's... It, I, don't, I can't imagine you having seen something like that before. And it, I, it's a big one at this point. That arguably, I would say, is one of the most mainstream things on the list. <laughs> yes. The Red Balloon? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's one of the more... Sure. As if you're like, like oh, Criterion Collection. And someone's yeah. like, oh, the Red Balloon. Like, it's there. At, it's at the front yeah, of the page. Yeah. That's like, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I saw it because it's one of my mom's favorite movies. I think mm-hmm. she saw it in college or something. So I watched really? it as a kid like 10 11 and i was very much like balloon <laughs> but i think <laughs> time, i think because it's so obviously childlike with a child as a main protagonist and like something as simple as a balloon like i when i was watching it i was just sort of like how did they get the balloon to do that in 19 if you look whatever. closely you can <laughs> like, see not only the string that string. is attached to the balloon, but the other string that is attached to the balloon. <laughs> yes, I was looking really closely this time. It's so sad at the end when it's all like sweaty and gross <laughs> and it's yeah. falling down. Yeah. I wish we had some sort of yeah. um, further knowledge as to the making of this one, which I do not. Um, yeah, I tried to mm-hmm. look it up like on Wikipedia, but there was no, other than that that's, the oh really oh that's did. so cute yes and that that little oh. girl with the blue balloon oh. is also his daughter i'm glad that also wasn't this like shoehorned like oh the balloons fell in love oh, the end so good yeah it was yeah. Just a, little, <laughs> a fleeting moment a passing <laughs> fancy if you will <laughs> um but it, it it i forget what i was starting to say but um I imagine you haven't seen something like that. And I would hope that taking from that, you would see that for 40 minutes, you can say like two words, one of which being balloon over and over. Yeah. And there still be like a really gripping and 
captivating yeah. uh, series of moments. Yeah, I, I definitely. Well, I don't want to say that I have. Sure, the red balloon like the invented of, like, silent film, or like silent film, or like whether in like a, a historical silent film sense, <laughs> <laughs> or like other newer things that I've seen, like more like. Oh God, I hate to say like you like you know like I've seen a lot of like stuff that pops up on my YouTube recommended. I've watched my fair share of like. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no dialogue, and I'm supposed to be as an audience member active, but I think that um seeing a super like. Mm-hmm. well-known or classic it's a standard um, or standard maybe is the word uh experience of it is a good one yeah and it has a lot of like really usable elements like the idea very of being well it's it's also just literally like beautiful color, to look at um you know choosing mm-hmm. like red yeah it's stunning and i think that that's like or the music too mm-hmm. i really like you have to le- lean into the music and especially at the end i was really touched by the way, it was matching the visual. Because, like, otherwise it would just be, like, oh, the balloons are all together. But, like, with the music, it really makes it feel so magical and unifying um, in a way that I think really um, brings in the sort of mm-hmm. magical element of it all. Like, it's kind of like, oh, wow, it's really all happening. And that's really, that's really nice. And I think I just had never thought about... <laughs> And I keep saying, and it's so funny how, like, I wrote nearly a full first, like, miniseries script without at all thinking about, like, the filming of it. Or, like, not that I, I thought about, like, the, oh, I'm going to be on set or, oh, I'm going to have these production mm-hmm. numbers. But about framing, like you said earlier, we, when we think about those things differently, like, I had not thought about the framing. <laughs> I know how to open shot. a tripod. And, I mean, I know how to, like, set up a C do stand. the very simple, like... <laughs> Mm, yes I've heard of that <laughs> the wide the shot reverse shot like those things are familiar and I hadn't thought <laughs> I knew that if I did that I wouldn't do it in a way that was ugly because I know I have you know an eye at least in that extent but yeah, I hadn't thought no, about um, I, I using that more tools be addressed, than that I um, guess further the way that I um, brought it up earlier but mm-hmm. the the I think it's a testament that you can literally write a whole thing without having like it, it I I think the point of this is that it's unnecessary I guess like you can still create that simply just like sure yeah totally but you can you can create this final product of something without mm-hmm. any sort of extraneous or like prior extreme deep knowledge um, of all that's come before, like I think that's unnecessary at the root of it because it's like it's storytelling and that's the point. And it's mm-hmm. it, the rest is, I think, any rational. Maybe that's not the word I should use, but any. It, it feels fair mm-hmm. to say that, um, <laughs> but as you were saying, like when you're when you're clicking through it and I hate this about I guess screenwriting specifically or just script writing it's so vague and simple and I that's just not the way I think and I I can't it feels so limiting to me because Mm -hmm. I if I'm writing something or seeing something I I see it and I see how it like how 
everything is going to be composed and I see how mm-hmm. how everything looks and feels for the most part. And so I think that's super, I, I don't know, yeah. beneficial, just the fact that you think of it one way and I come from this place and Sarah comes from this place and all of us together can put together something that we each individually would not yes. be able to do to the same level <laughs> maybe or to... that's not fair to say because I think if we were doing something all individually it would turn out positive and very different for each of us because it would be solely us which is I don't know pros and cons but I think it's cool yeah Mm -hmm. exactly the combination is nice though yeah (laughs) like to think that if I can get so like lost and stuck on like something in terms of like story or a character or a dynamic then I have Sarah Mm -hmm. and you to like either pull me back story-wise or be like this is what makes sense and this is what doesn't or this is what sticks and what doesn't and then also visually in terms of like having people to help me do this research in a way that is fun Mm -hmm. um and really informative as well as like quite literally i was talking to you about this imagining me doing a storyboard stressing what i would like to do (laughs) yeah no i don't know and i i i (laughs) am sure i've repeated this multiple times on this single episode alone but like to to watch all of these things and uh create a new like folder in your brain that is like oh I could instead when you're writing and you you literally just said this where you don't see it when you're writing it and you like have not thought about composition or framing or how something will be shot at all mm-hmm. like you're watching this and seeing how people have done it and it's giving you those tools so I don't know and uh, not to jump straight into this because we definitely can come back to other things but I really am so curious now at this point to hear um the the (laughs) the idea of what the characters would think of the movies that we've seen so far I don't know should we each take the characters that are inspired by us? <laughs> <laughs> Big Tony one loves all the Red Tony's Bull. <laughs> it would be a much more violent movie. Tiny Tony and the Red Balloon. What a Tiny Tony would have been in that gang of the little boys who was running after trying to steal it. <laughs> Shoves it in one of those quarter machines. <laughs> one red balloon. He's an <laughs> Remember when we were sitting there and there were those whiteboards and he was like, You guys want to draw? <laughs> my cousin drew that one. And he was yeah. like, I didn't draw that. My cousin drew that. <laughs> oh my god. I think Tia I feel like the Red Balloon's like her comfort movie I feel like she'd be like yes Um, I think she would like Girl Sleep but I don't know if she would feel as strongly about it as I do what do you think and then move on I think 
like although I am Tia, I think Tia is also a bit more reserved than I am, and a bit less hmm. like. I think she's okay. a, lo- a little bit more planned out than I am. And that, like, girls, like, like she appreciates, like, she, I feel like, unfortunately, she'd probably like the Royal Tenenbaums perhaps a smidge more than <laughs> girls, like, for the rigidness and, like, the, the, the discipline she creates for herself as an artist. Okay. Interesting. Wes Anderson and Nader, she is. Hmm. She is. She's the Ander like the Nation. <laughs> <laughs> it would make sense with the way that um or at least I guess that was one of the things I saw when we were describing how her mm-hmm. paintings are presented in episode two. Mm-hmm. Like the overlay of that. That's kind of Wes Anderson of like a I think also thing though, what, when we were writing that, I thought of it really as like a spike. But you thing. can see both of those uh, how both of I them don't... can do the same thing so differently. Both of those, yes. I was say, TJ, have you seen? Did you see Black Clansman? That's the only thing I could imagine you having seen. I'm sure seen. I have. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably, I wouldn't be able to name it off the top of my head, partially because I have the memory of a goldfish, but also because like I didn't. We had met by that until, point. Like, whenever we met. <laughs> oh. Other. I feel oh, like, I mean, like for Black the only one you would have heard of probably yeah. is do the right thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Maybe <laughs> what else came out early? Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know. I can't say as far as characters, though. I feel like Russ <laughs> would probably not be patient enough for the Royal Tenenbaums. Not that that's not an exciting movie, but, like, it's, you know, there's just a lot of thinking and a lot of, like, slow burn and shots that just kind of, like, linger. And they're beautiful, and I love them. The humor is very, is like... A, a little oh, ball of energy. Uh, um, clever. That... It's not like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russ needs to enter a room and like say something. Like it's yeah. it's not Russ even a one liner at this point. That's just how he speaks. Um, I think like he would live for landline. Russ is yeah. the one that buys heroin for his. <laughs> but I feel like by accident, like, <laughs> like whereas the sisters very deliberately like we're going here for Yeah. They they just send Russ and like please buy this for me and I'm like okay. <laughs> And then, like, doesn't even like carrying the bag, carrying a little, like, you know, like, oh, this lunch. He shows up in the kind of heavy for a sandwich. (laughs) So sad. Oh, Oh, no. We could never do Heath like that. He he was a little boring. boring. I felt bad. Boyfriend sucks. I feel bad for him, obviously, <gasps> but I'm also like. But if you're gonna if you're it. gonna cheat on your husband, you're really gonna do it with Finn Whitrock of all people. Well, no, no. Come on. <laughs> this movie might be the best a Duplass brother has ever looked, <laughs> which is really saying something. I recently watched 
this uh, oh, did you? duck butter. I don't know if either of y'all have seen it. I did, and he's in They're it. They're in, in every like, every like, oh, movie under a certain like, dollar amount budget. But they're, like, playing themselves. <laughs> and they play the same thing every time. <laughs> they were playing like themselves. No. Like, have you seen Duck Butter? I know it. But there, it was, it's not worth it. It wasn't worth it. Um, but like they play well, like, director, like indie directors. Mark named, and Jay. What are their names? Mark and. Yeah, Mark Duplass really Jay scares in me. The film. They literally. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not a fan visually. I cannot say I've seen a whole bunch of their films. It's so they have a very specific brand, and it but... feels very. <laughs> if there weren't all of the things that they probably reference on this list, I might have put something of theirs, not as like, oh, this is so good, but like, oh, this is what people have done with the things that I'm showing you. <laughs> I also think it's funny that they are like brothers, but they're not like the Cohen brothers in the sense that they don't work together. They do their they're just like we are two brothers in the same industry. FMK. The Cohen brothers, the Russo brothers, and the Duplass brothers. Thank you. I feel like you have to get rid of the Russo brothers, right? Yeah. The Cohen brothers. Unforgivable. I think you would think that's the yeah, it'd be a lot of tears. <laughs> it'd be it'd be early in the morning and quiet. <laughs> <crying. laughs> <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> Man, now I'm really up. happy I haven't seen any um, of those. <laughs> It's hard to say. I feel like probably the red balloon. What about Petal? I don't know. I don't know. Does Petal watch movies? Maybe it's because yeah. Petal needs to be. I don't know if what they yes, love is. Yes, they make rank lists. <laughs> I agree. True. I think we need to enrich pedal a bit more like, i don't i don't want to completely take it over if the two like, of you aren't like completely taking them. over your characters but i agree that there needs to be some fleshing um out of pedal true mm-hmm. i think pedal and tia would fight about yeah the world's hidden bombs or not fight, but they'd be like, <laughs> be like it's really boring. <laughs> and it would be like, there is such a sect of people <laughs> out there who like <gasps> feed off of Wes Anderson to where it like really resonates with them, and I think that's great. And I, I feel like as someone who watched it like as a young, like 15, 16 year old. Like, it resonated yeah. with me, but strictly visually, like, nothing else. Like, it's not, like, the, emo- like, I think also, like, obviously, like, the Royal Tenenbaums deal with a lot of, like, emotions mm-hmm. and, like, unchecked trauma. It's, for a movie about trauma and emotions and dynamics, it's really not that yeah. emotional. Everyone feels so detached. 
And I feel like that can work for, I think it mm. works really well for Margot, Gwyneth Paltrow's character. But like, it's I, I, boring when they're all like I that. I get what you what <laughs> you mean. And I agree on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think the biggest thing obviously is the visual where that's like the first thing that you're going to latch on to. And I don't know if, I mean, this time around watching it, it was a lot funnier than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I said this already. It was, yeah. Like I was surprised, I but it, this funny. clearly is yeah. his most, cool. that, at least to me, like I think you could argue that the Darjeeling Limited is like maybe one of his most emotional, but I, it's just not for me. <laughs> but this one, but yeah, it that, just, yeah. just because like, of the way that. that it is and because of, how it's written and everything it doesn't lend itself to being like something that I can latch on to more than purely the like filmmaking elements involved like it because of that stiffness which it's good to pull from but it doesn't I don't know but I, I just have never been able to understand why people like really really go all in for Wes Anderson and like it is what they live and die by such a type of person well, I think also I think mm-hmm. it's it's I can see how it's really easy to because obviously like when the emotions aren't attached to it like you can easily take technical and mm-hmm. style and color into it and adapt that to your life without real any real consequences because it's different when you're like I'm gonna model like my life after this character which I've been there but, like, obviously there's a lot more problematic things that encompass that where it's just, like, I really love, mm-hmm. I would love to style my house, like, a Wes Anderson house. Like, that is so easy and, like, innocent. Not easy, obviously, because, mm-hmm. like, but easy in a sense of, like, there are no mm-hmm. emotional consequences. To yeah, it. completely. I've really yeah. latched onto Royal Tenenbaum and, and starting to live my life as Gene Hackman in, in that film. I personally, I, I, I ordered myself a red tracksuit and will not be wearing. Let's start doing um, earthquake drills. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I would. Oh, the Dalmatian so mice, so mice. sweet. So, yeah, mice, they're so cute. They were really darling. Um. Yeah. No. I as I'm looking at the list itself. And thinking of what it would, I, I think I know the ones that Petal would enjoy, but I can't say yet for um, fear of spoiling the list mm-hmm. for the audience. Okay. We will await it. And we Not a lot. No, really, we didn't. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot on there. A few. Just a little we named little. like four or five, maybe. There's so many. Maybe 10. That's still just a fifth. Movies. True. There's a lot on here. No, as I, I think, I think that I should. I'll just say, I think the ones that Petal will like so are the ones that are the most. Um. Um. You know, I can't even say that. You no, it's the ones that are the least like uh, generally accessible for like a. a something that I think people any of the ones that a lot of people are like turned off by or really grossed out by or like that kind of thing that feels like a a fueling moment where they're like oh no (laughs) 
It's so gross. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> I'll just try to think about Jacques Tati. I, ju- I just, I. Jacques, like, yeah. Who is Jacques Tati? Who is this? Jacques. Um, I just wish I could get into it. It just, I can't. Did I tell you I tried watching another one after we finished those clips and I, I watched three minutes and was like, I can't sit through this. No, you didn't. They work in clip form. It just. I like them. Yeah. I don't know about the. Um, yeah. It, but those the two, the framing of everything is so nice. It just looks like, good. Really, really funny. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It reminds yeah. me of like Very when people draw perspective um, lines and then fill in the Is there anything like in these, uh, the sort of general question of mm-hmm. um, things, I guess more specifically for you, TJ, that based on this group thus far that you feel like you've taken away in ways you haven't before, if that makes sense, the whole like, what have you seen here that has kind of given you a uh, sense of direction on something you can do starting now? <laughs> Did that make sense? I feel like, <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it did. Um, I think that like, I did, I did take, before I knew we were going to um, podcast, I was like taking notes and I will continue to take notes, but I'm not going to refer to them at the moment. I think in general, Girl is Sleep sort of showed me a lot about creative framing um, in a way that doesn't take away from like the core, um, like the heart of the narrative, as well as um, I really liked all the little uh, details in it, like the hound, like the word hound on the bag with the girls and like that was just one thing that I'm remembering, but I remember in almost every scene, there'd be like some small, like if it's not foreshadowing, just uh, something that happens. Can I cut in an address? And, like, or I guess the question that again, was used, not, um, was just really, how both really of you feel about um, yeah. that specifically, like how the titling and um, I don't know if it would be captioning, but the way Wes Anderson uses titles and like, um, physical things like on books or in on postcards or all kinds of things there are so many ways that he does that and there are ways that that's done in girl asleep that are less um like it feels like that but they're less permanent they feel yes. more ingrained to you know what i mean like it'll be on the door and then it opens the door and it goes away like how do you feel about one versus the other mm. Yeah, I I Do really like that style. I think, like I said, when I was a, a, a young teen, uh, watching that, like that was like one of the big draws of like, oh my god. And I think a lot of people try to, even if they don't go full Wes Anderson, they try to pick up like it, the first thing that picks out picks out my mind is, um, mm-hmm. to all the boys I loved before, they try to do it. I don't think it's as successful, um, <laughs> as Girl Asleep, but I don't know. I think. 
they definitely like function for like mm-hmm. the the world that they exist in because like i feel like it adds to the more whimsicalness of girl sleep of like that it, that it changes my favorite one is mm-hmm. the chicken the bucket of chicken that says four hours later or something like that that is my absolute favorite one um, <laughs> but i i really like both i think it would just depend on like how attached you want the like the yeah whimsical intentionalness to be because like i said i think girl sleep is very much ingrained into the setting whereas like mm-hmm. west anderson's like we're taking you out for a second mm-hmm. to be like but it so sure fits in the world sense. but yes i yes it yeah. makes complete sense but it's just like it's very much it draws like, more attention to like, itself than girl sleeps did yeah but I like both. Yeah. I think it would just mm-hmm. depend on the story that it was attached to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think it's like they serve different purposes, if that makes sense. I think there's a, there's really an appeal to me in like the, <laughs> it sounds silly to call mm-hmm. it like bravery of like breaking from like, um, I don't know, everything else to focus on something. But um, I really love the subtle, the more subtle ones in Girl Asleep just because I find them like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I like an Easter egg, even though it's fairly obvious when the attention isn't drawn, I almost appreciate it more. Um, and then like <laughs> the chicken bucket, like that stuff's so good, but I feel like in terms of using it for myself personally, mm-hmm. I'd be hesitant just because um, committing to that in terms of like, timeline and whatnot or like overall if you haven't committed to that style for the entire piece it feels like hard to keep up in a way that doesn't feel gimmicky I guess but um I really liked the use in this film or in Girl's Sleep in particular love the more subtle things and with Wes I think that I agree it's kind of like a little pop-up and you're like oh okay and that works and I think we have similar moments like what for example right now I like and I think yes see I think that's something I think that's something that lends itself to doing something like that but I don't think just pretty much as we've been having this specific conversation um Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of necessary moments in in herb garden that that need um any sort of treatment like this like when I think about um the one in Girl Asleep where the person is like painted the same as the that like rock installation. I think it's so interesting and funny and cool. And the, the chicken bucket is so oh. good. And there are so many ones. I hate the one where it's like the words <laughs> above the school where it's like it, it, it looks three dimensional almost. I think that one really takes you out of it. Oh. And I think with Wes, there is a certain expectation yeah. because he like you know that that's going to happen and it feels like because he has such a brand like you expect it and it's welcome and encouraged because Uh you're watching what you're watching and you know what you're watching (laughs) but yeah no just as we've been talking about this I don't see a lot of Mm. need for moments like this other than that if it wanted to be that but I think they just they break so much from the fourth wall mm-hmm. where the moments of breakage that we've planned and that you see 
I feel like stand on their own and would stand out more without them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And that. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about. <laughs> it's okay. Where was I? Oh, okay. Uh, I was talking about what I was getting at. And I, I covered mm-hmm. girls' sleep and we sort of covered Symmetry. the world I think, with this discussion as far as like things that you would take from it. Um, <laughs> then I guess going into... <laughs> oh my god, one of the it, notes was like, don't be afraid to put something in center frame. And I'm still afraid it. of putting something in center frame. But I don't know why. It scares like, yeah, me. He owns it. He owns it's a commitment, I feel like. Like, you really have to be like, I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still depth in it, even when it's, it's just like as knowing flat exactly as why you're doing it. anything you're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something special to the visual, or like the other note I think was about the idea of like when you see things from like a door opening through a hallway, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of just like small things mm-hmm. of making sure that the world I feel like we've talked about that a lot and exists like exists beyond the scene that you're seeing and I think that mm-hmm. yeah that comes fairly naturally just because of how we've written it based so much in real life events and experiences but I think that in terms of like visually I think and filming there's once we get into the more European the side I think this I is something sure I notice more to, just because of the of way the like architecture that. is set up as opposed to like the um the, the like mm. I don't know I guess just architecture again here like you see the way houses look different and are set up differently and lend themselves to viewing through doorways and viewing through hallways and things like that that just when you see it in this like western suburbia mm-hmm. It's not as romantic. I don't know if that's fair to say or just too, like, I don't know. But I get, like, with, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to say all the things that it's going to be. But there are things that you will soon see that I think are really good examples of that. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as far as landline i think that that one's very much a a writing and act and performance based inspiration is instead of a, a visual one and i think that a lot of like you were saying the chemistry i think is what you really get in landline like these dynamics are so <laughs> i hate mm-hmm. to be like they're so raw but like there's something you know very human not only about people making bad decisions but um maybe that is mostly the actors but the way the actors are performing these scenes makes them very candid in a way that like it shouldn't feel or like even when people are making the worst decisions you still want the best for them or you're still whether you're rooting for them or wishing they would do something else you have a vested interest in their choices and I think that's important for Herb Garden in terms of what the stakes are the stakes are very mundane but still have a so I think making sure that um, whether it's chemistry or performance or like overall direction mm-hmm. that gives these people and their relationships their power 
because it is really powerful in Lambline. I think that that's um, something I'd like to take away, but I don't know what to, or how to implement mm-hmm. that aside from like casting and then like, especially once you do the Zoom Yeah, because there's still a degree of stylization in the, what doesn't, the dialogue that is mm-hmm. in Lambline and just what Miss um, Robespierre does as a filmmaker. Um, and I think, I don't know how much Mm -hmm. of it has to do with like improvisation and Jenny Slate specifically being the like um, the Mm. thing between the two of those movies but (laughs) um, yeah there is it feels so so real while being it's it's the, the thing where it's like the characters have quirks and they are they feel real and they're not just like quirky characters. It really, the more I think about it, it truly what from landline to mm-hmm. girl asleep to Royal Tenenbaums. It's such a, mm-hmm. like you just like turn all the levels up as you go. <laughs> like that's what it is. Crazy. Where <laughs> each of them have these like specific family traumas that they're working through. Yeah. It's a good one. In all three of those movies funny how it uh, yeah. a bill can be tripled huh yes <laughs> a bill certainly can be tripled oh I feel like I had another thought about landline but it's escaping mm-hmm. I guess then it's we... just the red balloon left right <laughs> um, you talked about color use of music <laughs> oh, it took me a second. <laughs> I got there. I got there. Uh, anyway, um, I think that most of our scenes are, um, you know, I've been writing a lot in terms of like dialogue, and I think that it's something that I think about more when I look at a play script, but hadn't been thinking about when I was looking at a screenplay. But there's so much like if I was directing a play on a stage, what's on the lines is not everything that's there. Like there's so much you can mm-hmm. do in terms of blocking and things that add so much context without altering the script at all. And I think that um, seeing something that is really efficient with its dialogue, but also like- the But it has the, the balloon Like obviously it's a balloon and it's moving places. But I think like that it, it, whether it's it moves comedy, in, Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, a personality. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will really, mm-hmm. even though, like, is an opportunity for it's like the same thing where you're like adding another layer. Like, there's already something there, something to be edited and corrected and like you know made complete. But then in the filming of it, there's so much more room, not only in terms of costume and set design and visuals and framing and composition, but with this in particular and and movement, there are things. Like, yeah, well, it's kind of like we were talking about with the, the, the game at the party where, like, you can. You don't have to start every scene. Every scene does not have mm-hmm. to be the start of a conversation at the start and the end of a conversation at the end. You know what I mean? Which I, again, like as we go through this whole thing, you'll see more of that sort of language. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But just even as you're saying, as you were saying that, I'm thinking um, 
about how with the red balloon moments of like solitary moments where you're literally just watching someone do something or maybe not even montages because there probably are not that many but like certain moments of solitude I feel like this even though it's the boy and the balloon but it's like you're watching them walk you're watching them go in and out of rooms you're watching him reach you're watching him climb the thing like I would Mm. hope that 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 is a takeaway I guess seeing being able to make literally just watching someone do something as you Mm. said mundane like you don't think the stakes are extreme but like when you're watching this where the stakes are literally a boy and a balloon that there can still be power in those stakes and (laughs) I don't think you were like dissing anything by saying mundane but it's like uh knowing as we've talked about how grand and revolutionary uh the work that you're doing is or is not is a good uh thing to know and um all that to say i think um yeah to be able to watch someone do almost nothing and make it interesting is difficult and is done well here Mm-hmm. Um, let's any other see. thoughts before we close? Bits. I think as I think if as we get to the next episode and are speaking directly about one thing or if we watch two or three things. Uh, it will be a much more narratively driven or less bouncing around kind of conversation. Um, That's, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like... Well, we have have four movies. Yeah, we we put in four, or yeah. Four? Or three. Three. <laughs> it's a lot. Um to like just dissect in one building. But I think like, we found a, a good connection between all but of them in a way that have... is um it, yeah. it grouped it together well, but I think it will be easier to pick apart one thing fully rather than group these together, even though I I mean it's and and also we've like had most of these conversations already so it's like to be able to talk about something kind of more fresh where we've just watched it and (laughs) it will be like right on our minds will be good and it's like a new conversation that we haven't half had before Mm -hmm. or I guess this is the half having yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) You rehearsed it. No. Should we go? I mean, 
as far as what we hope <laughs> we to get going forward. Sure. I feel like I covered that. So why don't you two go? Closing Can thoughts, goals the for the future. Oh, okay. oh so closing thoughts for the future. Um, <laughs> I am, as much as um, we, the narrative was kind of that TJ has not seen many of these films, in reality, I what have was the not seen quite a few of these films. So I am, although <laughs> I so, I've seen, I think, 22% of them. Solid. But I feel like um, I am also very new to the film and cinema game. Um, and I think also it comes from, like, I've done a lot of viewing on my own. And it's been, like, in passing, hey, Jonathan, how do you feel about this movie? So I feel like it is nice and good to discuss as a group setting, especially where there <laughs> are no douchey um, film people. <laughs> you really have to go with bros. But um, a, a nice mm-hmm. welcoming environment for academic thoughts is always appreciative and I look forward to continuing it with movies that I have seen and feel really passionate about or movies that I haven't seen. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I just want to I just women and these these movies uh <laughs> Even the Royal Tenenbaums. We love I, Angelica Houston. I, we didn't talk about the Royal Tenenbaums much, but I think they did. I think though they did Margot like a <laughs> real disservice, and like I don't, I didn't talk about it because I didn't really piece it together until later. But that like the fact that Margot has had so many romantic interactions is cause for a man to try to commit suicide is really harmful and sad, and <laughs> I didn't like it the more I thought about it, regardless of the ancestral relationship or not. It's simply just like was, <laughs> that the fact that her, his image of her had changed because she had had yeah. so many secrets that were honestly none of his business, whether it's her brother or <laughs> her romantic partner in, in Bill Murray's case as well. But um, yeah, I like Landline, <laughs> I had never seen it before, but it, it really did hit hard for me. Um, and she is. He's close to my heart, and Girl Sleep was just a, a, a pleasure to watch again. So, I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, stuff yeah the incest really masks so. the misogyny, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy worried about the power dynamics <laughs> of incest. That you really, like really kind of clever when you think about it. Huh? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> um, he was thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, oh, I was gonna say like he's like, what's the one thing? He's like, oh no, it's too misogynistic. What's the, the I am going to create, create an incestual love story that so masks the misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, exactly. I feel the same the same way. I am excited to a lot of these I've seen maybe. Most of them I've seen once. There are a handful on here that I have seen a good number of times over and over. Um, And that is something I'm looking forward to seeing again and seeing through the two of your eyes. And I hope to uh, 
break down a bit of the pretense that comes with um, talking about movies as an art form and the all of the the errors that go with that. Um, yes, yeah, so it's nice to to be in an environment that is not necessarily uh, so overly critical and is still fun, and we get to hash out uh, both the analytical and sort of like emotional <laughs> sides of these things in a normal and conversational setting. Looking forward, should we should we tease what's coming next? Mm. Who wants to take it? <laughs> oh yes. Do I have to? Since yeah. it's okay, go ahead. I can take it. Oh, or you can take it. <laughs> uh, next time we'll be discussing um, masculine, feminine. Yes, we need to get like a Rocky online. and Bull. You know, in Rocky and Bullwinkle, when they have um, the bit where it's like um, teasing what the next episode is going to be, and it's the the narrator, and he's like. <laughs> will our heroes blah 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 or and they never happen the next time and it's like completely unrelated to the plot yes so good let's do that and it's the intense music so fun <laughs> perfect we will um yes. we'll get That'll those those uh episode. audio cues yes. uh put in <laughs> just you wait Goodbye. Goodbye.